Naomi Klein said, democracy is not just the right to vote, it is the right to live in dignity. For months, elected officials and their challengers have presented their cases to Rhode Island voters. And by late this evening, hundreds of thousands of the Ocean State citizens will have had their say in how power and influence will be shaped for the coming years. Throughout these last months, together, you, the listeners, and I have become more informed voters and activists by trying to evaluate both the policies and the human beings behind many of the names that appear on the ballot in Rhode Island today. Whatever voters decide today, let's hope that their choices are based on facts and conviction, not distortion and half-heartedness. Politics is Rhode Island's national sport, and today, Tuesday, November 6th, is game day. Welcome to Election Day in Rhode Island on the Bartholomew Town Podcast. From your election headquarters in Providence, Rhode Island, here's your host, Bill Bartholomew. Election Day in Rhode Island, coming at you from Providence. Bill Bartholomew here along with Ben DeCastro and Kobe Dennis. A very good afternoon to you. Hopefully you've already gone out there and voted. If you haven't, we'll get you caught up with all the latest headlines, plus some exclusive interviews. And let's get right to it with our panel. Kobe, high turnout today already. We've seen already 100,000 voters reported by the secretary, by the Board of Canvases. Wow. What does that say? It's a little bit rainy here. What are you thinking? It shows that the people really want some change, Bill. I mean, first of all, thanks for having me back on. I look forward to coming on, even with all the noises in the window and outside. We still yeah. love it here. <laughs> well, it's true Elmwood. We, we love it. Real city stuff here. But um, it shows that people really are looking for some change, and I'm hoping um, you know they, they get out and rock the vote. Ben, we, we typically midterms, you don't have that uh, the fanfare surrounding a presidential election. But Rhode Island, you know, it's the national sport here, politics. A lot of people had seen this in the closing weeks in terms of the gubernatorial race as not being much of a contest anymore. But we've seen some polling numbers come out from Joe Trillo. Alan Fung thinks he's making a big push. Your take on the governor's race. Yeah, I think that overall, I think it really did ramp up what we thought was going to be a uh, just a, a standard race, really just... Somebody threw fire, uh, gasoline on the fire, and it really just it went in a whole different direction. Um, I, I think that the amount of people showing up to the polls is is because of a few things. A, it's it's a it's just a reflection of the national atmosphere and the national election because all across the country, voting is up. And if you think this election's big, wait till two years from now, because that's going to be, I think that'll be even better, which, by the way, I'm excited about. I think it's great when people get involved, get in, in, interested, and really thrown into this, this system. The only other thing that I hope is I hope that people get encouraged to run. Have the, 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 the intestinal fortitude to do what my friend Kobe did here and, and make a go at it. That is the ultimate sign of, of, of leadership, is to make a go at it. Absolutely. And Kobe, you ran for mayor of Providence. You've now thrown you've now thrown your support behind independent candidate Dee Dee Whitman. You know, she threw five hundred thousand dollars into her campaign account. Right. She has some 
public sector union endorsements. She seems to be running a substantial grassroots campaign. There's even some television. What do you see as is happening in terms of voter turnout and how that will impact Miss Whitman this afternoon and this evening? Well, as Ben was just saying and alluded to, it has a lot to do with the national implications. That's pretty much what's happening. It's ramping up. It's just like the gubernatorial race. It was a kind of a slow start. I mean, she came out kind of late out the gate, but oh my goodness, she has hit the streets running. And right now people are excited. Uh, people are talking about it. The commercials are great. I think they're right on the money because they're the truth. Um, she's showcased... Uh, the type of, you know, uh, administration she's going to run. All of her commercials have been very diverse. They've been very direct. Yes, some shots at the mayor, but I think he deserved a lot of it. Uh, but pretty much, I think Diane Didi Whitman has an amazing chance uh, to finish strong. At the same time, Ben, Jorge Lorza has been in the driver's seat this entire campaign season, hasn't really been out there campaigning at full speed at any point in time, really in the driver's seat in the sense that he feels like he's in control of this campaign without doing a ton of on-the-ground work, so it seems. He certainly hasn't been that open with the media. Where do you see this race at, at the province mural level? I, I think this, again, it's another it's another one of those those situations where because of, of Miss Whitman's, you know, entry, late entry into the race, I mean, really, it... it, it for all intent and purposes, she, she was really last minute here uh, in the grand scheme of things. But I wonder if that's just a reflection on the whole, just the mindset of the general public. We're in a Facebook world. We're in an instant gratification world where we, we're not thinking about it till the last minute. And so her coming in at that point, maybe she didn't need all that lead up. Maybe that changes the way things go. But I think that it's it, there's was such a. Uh, uh, just a very diverse conversation leading up to it. Uh, when I when I when I made reference that you know uh, Mr. Dennis Kobe here was was part of the race, I, I meant no disrespect that he you know that he you know he lost in the primaries. I, th- I think it's one of the most honorable things. You and I sat down weeks before, weeks I, before. I think months before, Absolutely. and you said you know hey what do you think? And, and I gave you my thoughts. I think that anybody who's going to take that step deserves a lot of credit because that's a sacrifice. It's a huge, huge grind. And then for him to not just walk away, you know, take, you know, take his bat and ball and go home. No, he stuck it out. He's still working out here. And I think that's great. I can't tell you how much respect I have for that position. The mayoral race Providence, it, it needs, it needs something. And, if if Alorza wins re-election, it's not going to be my much, my prediction. I'm not, you know, take it for what it's worth. It's not going to be my much. And if he does win, he needs to take that as a serious, serious wake-up call. And we'll get to that in just a matter of moments, elected or rejected. Uh, 5,000 votes, 20% of the overall vote. Mr. Dennis, you're well-positioned for 2022. What's it like to be out there campaigning on the ground? And how do you think that what, what did you hear, you know, during this campaign season that you think is going to translate into votes this I, I mean, election? We just, day? Uh, Bill, we and sorry to cut you off. We oh. uh, we just uh, invigorated a whole new crowd of voters. I mean, even now walking around helping out with the Didi Whitman campaign, people are thanking me. People are apologizing that I'm still not on the ballot. And I take that as, man, that's that's pretty good that people really are noticing and getting involved. 
I've also had two to three people come up to me just today and say, hey, you know what? I'm running for state rep. I'm running for city council. Hey, I may even throw my hat in for mayor in 22. You know, I may go against you because I'm coming back. So that's an, that's another thing, too. People have to know that this is not the end of Kobe Dennis. I'm coming back strong, very, very strong. I'm more knowledgeable. I know my way around just a little bit more. You know, I'm going to keep hanging around guys like Ben and yourself, and I'm, I'm, we're going to rock and roll in 22. I appreciate that. And speaking of strong, the Democratic Party, strong up and down the ticket here in Rhode Island. When you look at the lieutenant gubernatorial race, basically Dan McKee has that locked up without any serious challenge. When you go to Secretary of State, Nellie Gorbia, same thing. General Treasurer, no question about it. Seth Magaziner has done a better job of laying out his case than Michael Riley, and right. he'll certainly sweep the vote. Sure. Uh, let's take a listen now. I caught up just a few moments ago with uh, Attorney General candidate Peter Nerona, other than Compassion Party candidate Alan Gordon, Mr. Nerona running unopposed, wondering if he's going to get 80% of the vote. A lot of uh, the pundits are are predicting you may achieve the uh, the eighty percent mark today. How does that feel for you? Oh, I don't know about that. You know, I, I you know I hope to have the confidence of the voters in the end. It's um, but it's been a, a great year. Um, really got to know a lot more, frankly, about myself, about Rhode Island, about the people who live here. Um, a lot has happened in the last year, but I, I feel like I'm a very, uh, in a sense, a very different person. Just just have had much more contact with. Rhode Islanders from all over the state, and hopefully that'll serve me well if I if I do gain their confidence today. What's been the most eye-opening thing for you as you've gone around the state? Um, you know, it's not that you you haven't done that in the past, but going around in the capacity of running for attorney general. Yeah, look, yeah, I'm a lifelong Rhode Islander, but um, you know, sitting with voters, you know, almost uh, daily for over a year, you really do get you know a couple of impressions. One is how diverse the state is. Um, and that's a great thing. You know, we have such a, it's such a broad range of kinds of people and different viewpoints and people aren't afraid to express them. And they, one of the great things about a small state is people want to see the people who are running for office. You don't just reach them through media. So that's been great. You know, and, and look, I grew up here and I spend, have spent most of my life here, but there are still pockets of Rhode Island I hadn't seen. And uh, so that's been great too. But most of it is, you know, you always want to feel like um, you have a plan for what you'll do if you get elected. But that plan, and I've said this a bunch of times, is only as good as it's informed by the people you're hoping to serve. And, and that has really helped me. You know, I've learned things about, say, wage theft that I hadn't, I, I didn't know a lot about. We did a little bit of that work when I was youth attorney, but there's plainly more work to do there. You know, the things that people care about, health care and, uh, and energy policy and consumer issues. You know, there's the public safety function of the AGs office which is so important so i've learned a lot it's been a great experience what are you looking forward to most today as far as learning just generally where rhode island voters are at seeing how other democrats do in this you know this election cycle and and just the pulse of the state how is that going to um, impact how you go forward yeah you know I, I think you know what would be really encouraging to me frankly is if we have a large turnout regardless of how people vote obviously i'm supporting my fellow democrats and it's a great it's a great team this year uh, one of my mentors in the white house is, is running obviously and, and uh you know somebody who's really uh, helped me along the way in my career but i'm really i really hope the renowners will, will turn out to vote today it's so important i was speaking to some young people at year up uh, last week and and they're engaged. And my message to them was, as we had a great conversation, was, boy, you know, talk to people who maybe are not as engaged as you are. You know, they're the future. Young people are the future of this country. We've got to take sort of ownership of it. They've got to take ownership of it because they may live to see the end of the century, God willing. And, uh, you know, uh, it's so important to participate. And I, and I really hope that our turnout today is high. 
This is Election Day in Rhode Island on the Bartholomew Town Podcast. All right, back here with our panel, Ben DiCastro, Colby Dennis, it's Bill Bartholomew. Let's look at the Speaker of the House situation going on in House District 15. That may be the most contentious race. Stephen Frias, will he find those elusive 86th, 87th votes, the mail ballots, the whole story? Ben Castro, what's going to be down in House District 15 tonight? Well, the early reports were that the, the mail-in ballots were not as strong as they had been in past years. I think that is a huge, huge indicator on, on anything having to do with this race. It, and the, the back and forth that's gone behind there, I always find it funny when people ask me, you know, hey, uh, can I vote for, you know, how do I vote for uh, Mr. Frias or how do I vote for Mr. Mattiello? Well, you live in Westerly, so you really can't. Right. Uh, but <laughs> I've gotten more of those questions from people, friends of mine that I know because of, they know I'm a little bit more involved and they want to like, oh, wait a second, how does that work? So people are thinking about it. And if people are thinking about it outside this district, Outside of the district, you know they're definitely thinking about it inside the district. I would, I would have to guess that they're going to have the, one of the highest voter turnouts in that district than they've ever had. Kobe, your thoughts? And I just think, first of all, this mail ballot thing, and I'm, I'll be straightforward with that. First of all, I think it's a sham. Um, some of the smartest people I know, some of the smartest, most intelligent people in Rhode Island still don't know all the rules to the mail ballot. Um, the, the, the fact that we can't uh, vote early, that has an impact. But I think Mr. Frias has a wonderful chance. Uh, actually, I, I hope his chance is better than that uh, to upseat uh, um, definitely Mr. Mattiello, for sure. Yeah, and certainly he has the support of not only conservatives, but progressives who have been out there sure. on the ground trying to rally the troops for Republican Stephen Fries. And let's not forget that Mattiello getting elected is only his first hurdle. We are already seeing earlier, far earlier than we've ever heard of it in past recent history uh, about getting the nod from his, you know, his his colleagues up there at the House. Who knows if he makes it past the election, if he even will retain the speakership. I don't I I honestly I don't think that'll happen. And by the way, some Rhode Island political magic for you. The number of of votes that Speaker Mattiello needs in the House to retain the speakership. Thirty eight. Oh, look out. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> the beautiful number. Uh, it comes back to hit you all the time. It does. Oh. All right, we're going to catch up right now with a man who ran for governor. He was in the Republican primary this year, and he has also been, a, he was at one point the youngest state senator in the United States. It's Giovanni Feroci. Uh, catch up with him right now. Well, obviously, I'm really you know, hopeful that um, Mayor Fung can, can do the things that needed uh, to get done to get out the vote and uh, come out victorious uh, tonight. Uh, I think it's important for Rhode Island. Uh, I believe that, you know, if we continue to shift to the left, uh, we're going to get it to a point of no return. So, you know, my uh, my thought has always been whoever wins the primary on the Republican side uh, would have the best shot at uh, being the next governor uh, and to unseat uh, Gina Raimondo. So I hope that, um, you know, everyone does show up to the polls and, and votes and uh, gets Alan elected. What kind of path to victory would Alan Fung be looking at, in your opinion, if he were able to pull this off today? I think that he needs to really have the, um, what I call, you know, everyday family, meaning those that likely don't pay attention, you know, to, to politics um, in a positive or negative way on a, on a daily basis. Those that 
you know, just kind of going to work, running their life, running their kids around, uh, going to school, doing the things they need to do to, to get by, who, you know, will in fact go vote. And then when they look at options, uh, realize that there's an opportunity for us to, you know, have a, have a better situation in Rhode Island. And if he was able to, you know, have the people out there, uh, you know, canvassing, uh, working for him. Uh, I know he worked hard uh, going to shake hands and, and getting to meet people, uh, coupled with any advertising that, in fact, at the end of the day, you know, when people actually got in the booth and, and voted, uh, that they would um, they would likely go for change. People really want change. It's just you, you have to give them a, a reason for it. And I think there are enough reasons for change. Um, I just, you know, hope that uh, people don't go for a momentary kind of comfort level because there has been a better economy, obviously, in the last uh, couple of years um, to where they, they forget what it can be like. And if we get a big spender in there for another four years, like Governor Raimondo, who will have no um, reason to not spend more, given that she's term limited, uh, could really be a disaster for Rhode Island. And I hope that, um, you know, he's he's able to get the everyday Rhode Islander to kind of um, understand that. And when it comes time to vote, they go do that. What about Joe Trillo? He announced that his internal polls show he's at 33% well ahead of Mayor Fung, who he has at 21%. Do you buy those numbers at all? Or do you see any path to victory for Joe Trillo today? No, I don't, I don't know where he would possibly get numbers like that. And, um, you know, I'm not one to, to want to knock anybody or, or, or say negative things. I mean, everybody uh, has a right to run and they can do their best. Uh, but, you know, I see no real indications whatsoever that uh, he would be polling above single digits. And I just don't believe that uh, to be the case. Um, and so for me, if you want to make a change, you need to vote for Alan Funk. Last question. Bob Flanders has run a, a good campaign, maybe got a late start. Do you think he'll make any kind of significant impact, even if he doesn't win today? Just as he set himself up for something in the future, perhaps, if he's not able to pull pull off a, a, a stunner over Senator Whitehouse? Well, I think uh, Judge Flanders is a really, really smart you know, guy with a tremendous background, uh, experience. And I think, uh, you know, he's the right man to be a senator for for Rhode Island when that happens um, you know I guess we'll, we'll see if it's tonight or or in the future but I do believe he is uh, US Senate caliber material and um, he should pursue it and uh, keep knocking on that door until he knocks it down you know most people jump around uh, I'm not a fan of that uh, you either should you know run for the job and keep going until you get it or um, or do something else. It shouldn't just be, you know, a popularity contest. That's what I'm against. So for me, um, Bob Flanders is a great guy, smart guy. I've gotten to know him a little, a little bit more this year, and I uh, wish him well. And uh, obviously, I, I hope he pulls pulls it off tonight, uh, which you never know because, you know, a lot of people might not say they're supporting him overtly, uh, yet when they get in the booth, uh, might do something differently. Uh, but, you know, he should uh, pursue pursue the U.S. Senate. Last question. Will we see your name thrown into the or the ring of uh, 
candidates for 2022. We've heard Jorge Lorza, Nelly Gorbia, Peter Narona on the Democratic side. How about you? Are you going to you going to be back there fighting for the nomination in 2022? Well, I would uh, certainly say keep my name in the mix, but you know, for me, it's going to be uh, making sure that uh, you know I prove in the private sector that my message was the right one, and that in fact Rhode Island had an opportunity to eliminate the personal income tax, to focus on blockchain technology, and pass the Blockchain Center Development Act that I wrote and to create uh, you know, a new economy for Rhode Island. But the reality is they didn't do that, and uh, so I'll take my talent um, you know, into the private sector, um, hopefully execute uh, you know, a great business uh, that, that can show what I was saying was in fact doable. And if I'm in the financial position to, um, to really not worry about fundraising whatsoever, uh, and, and just focus on continuing to build on my message and have the people of Rhode Island understand that the caliber of person they need to lead is, in fact, someone like me. And I, although understand completely that this year uh, was not the one for me, uh, that, that decision has been made, that they can, in fact, have someone as experienced as I am and who has the broad range of uh, understanding on how to rebuild Rhode Island uh, come back and uh, build a new economy for Rhode Island, and hopefully four years won't be too late, uh, which I, I don't think it will be. I think we'll still be have an opportunity. So, yeah, I'll definitely uh, look at things in the future, but for now, I'm focused on the private sector and uh, going to go chase that B. I'm going to try and uh, be a billionaire. I mean, uh, it might sound funny to people, but that's what I've been trying to do, and uh, I'm starting from scratch, and we'll see if I can do it. But if I do it, and I hope I would have a uh, newfound, um, you know, uh, supporters who uh, would understand, wow, uh, he really does know what he's doing and uh, we should we should listen to him. Giovanni Feroci, thanks for your time. Happy Election Day and good luck to you. Thank you so much. And thank you for everything you added this year. And, uh, you know, hope everyone out there in Rhode Island uh, has a wonderful, uh, you know, rest of the year as we go into the holidays. And uh, wish everybody well uh, in their future for themselves and their families. Take care. This is Election Day in Rhode Island on the Bartholomew Town Podcast. All right, you're listening to Election Day in Rhode Island here on the Bartholomew Town Podcast. It's Bill Bartholomew. Stick with the Bartholomew Town Podcast all throughout election afternoon and evening. We'll be broadcasting live from the Biltmore Hotel in downtown Providence at 7 p.m. on 990WBOB.com. And then throughout the entire evening, follow Instagram at Bartholomew Town or join the Bartholomew Town podcast Facebook group. We have teams roving about Newport and Providence, camera crews and myself. Dave Flamon will be hosting all the action down in Newport. So stick around. We have wall-to-wall coverage for you. A different look than you're going to get anywhere else at tonight's activities. All right, wrapping it up. Rejected or ele- whoa, holy Moses. Elected or rejected. Get this guy some more coffee. He's right. got a long Please. night ahead. No, I have this green mug right now. It's 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 it has been full for most of the day. So uh and I've been up you know all morning getting ready for you guys to come look out. Here we are. All right, elected or rejected. Let's start at the top. Senate. I think uh, I have to think that uh, White House gets reelected. Same, reelected White House. I mean, probably a landslide. 
Let's look at the two congressional races, Langevin, Cicilline. What do you got? I, 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 think, I think we're seeing the, the same. No, no need to change You'll, the name look, on the doors. Gotcha. <laughs> it's the lever. No new drapes. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, let's get it. Let's get down into the, the down muck, into if you will. The muck. All right, let's go to the, the gubernatorial level. How about Joe Trilla? Is he at 33% or is this just the people he encounters at a Cumberland stop and shop parking lot? I think that's, uh, I think that's a long shot. I think Trillo, uh, Trillo is a long shot, a very long shot. Does the governor get 50%, Kobe? Uh, or more. No, no Trillo. It'll be, it'll be Armando. Yeah, I have to. Uh, I I don't know that one. To me, it's too close to call. I'm like CNN on that one. Too close to call. Not the fake news part. The real news part. Providence mayoral race. I think I know where you're going, Kobe. All right, let's go, Didi. Yeah, I think Didi Whitman's going to pull a massive upset. It is going to be a wake up call and a half. Wow, watch out. We'll be watching that one watch. very closely tonight, as we will with every election. Uh, House District 15, which has implications statewide. The Speaker of the House, that's his race. Will he stay in power? In, will he retain his office, I guess, is the first question, Ben. I, I think he's. I, I think that's going to be a major upset as well. I, I really think that this is Frias' year. I'm just hoping Frias has been trying for a while, and I'm hoping that this is up to it. I just want a wake-up call for the you know, people of Rhode Island. We need, we need to change. We need to shake it up. Uh, that so would, I'm, I'm, rooting are, it, I'm rooting for them all the way. That's some, those are a couple of shake-ups right there when you really exactly. break it down. That's not a joke when, when, when you break it down at any uh-huh. level. Uh, last area right here, elected or rejected nationally. We're going to go out there. Will the House, overtake, uh, will the House be overtaken by Democrats nationwide? Nationwide, uh... After last election, <laughs> who wants to make that prediction? Alan know. Gordon may be, you know, appointed attorney general of the United States yeah, at this point. I, I think so, but uh, no, I think the uh, I think I think the Republicans going to maintain control of the House in the, on a national level. On a national level, yeah, wishful thinking. I'm hoping that the Democratic, you know, I'm hoping the Democrats hold it, but I mean, I think the Republicans are probably going to um, uh, take over. Just by the way it's looking, I mean, I'm going off, I'm going off, you know, media right now, so I don't know. All right. Interesting picks out there. I'll hold my cards, and uh, you'll have to tune in later. Oh, <laughs> elect or reject? Pumpkin spice. What do you got? Oh, I got to reject that. I mean, I'm a nice coffee black. I'm elect. I'm, giving, I'm all black, but I'm right now with pumpkin season. <laughs> uh, no pun intended. <laughs> but I but am. Yes, I go black coffee, but I do love the pumpkin spice. Wow. I'm not going to lie. You're not even wearing Uggs. All right, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I do wonder before we leave, paw socks, does that matter at this point? Did no. they no, no no effect on this election? Honestly, I don't think it does. I, Mr. I really paw socks here. I don't think it has a problem. Um, I, I mean, I don't think so, but I'm, you know, I'm sad to see him go. I'm actually, I was a poor Sox guy. I like the poor Sox. Yeah. Given all the things we could talk about in the state, it's tough to see an election episode end with a question about the poor Sox, but at the same time, it's been the, de- you know, the defining issue in a, w- a lot of ways of this year. Unfortunately, I, I, I really think that it was uh, a question that may have played a, any kind of role in the primaries, but people have a short term memory and people are still high on the Boston Red Sox win. That's it. That could be the case. We'll see if that turns into high voter turnout, which we already have here. Um, it is Tuesday afternoon. Uh, special thanks to Kobe Dennis, Ben DeCastro, WPRO, many, many other places. You can find him on uh, Instagram. What is it, Big Ben 401 over there? Something like that. Yeah. In the next hour, you can find me at home making dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Big Ben. I'm Bill Bartholomew. Thank you so much for joining us on Election Day in Rhode Island on the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Follow on Instagram at Bartholomew Town for continuing coverage throughout this Rhode Island Election Day and evening. Until next time, we'll talk soon.